Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Jeff Ignatowski. I'm uh, from Cincinnati. Well, I live now in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm originally from the East Coast, so right outside of Philadelphia. But uh, yeah, the game I created is called Killers the Card Game. Uh, We have now created our second game called Speed Kills, but Killers is a RPG style game kind of like a cross between D&D and Magic the Gathering, all with true crime figures. So what, was, so what was the inspiration behind this? Did you get any inspiration from like Tobias or the serial killer trivia game or anything like that that's come before this? So, you know, not really. Uh, the, the biggest inspiration was a true crime uh, set of cards from the 90s. Uh, that everybody had, you know, we all had those cards, had the little bios on the back. And it's funny how it came about. My, my son was actually with me at a oddity shop uh, here in, in the area. And we went to this oddity shop and he asked me, he said, Hey dad, can I get this pack of cards? And I said, Oh, well, how much is it? He was like $6 a pack. And I was like, hell no, you can't get this pack of cards, $6 a pack. You ain't getting no cards. And he said, come on, dad, come on. And I said, no, you're going to throw them around and throw them away at $6 a pack. You ain't getting shit. And he said, well, oh, come on. I said, no, I could make these. And by the time I got home, uh, for some reason, my brain had come up with, you know what? I could make a game out of this. And I've been creating games since I was, I don't know, eight years old and forcing all my friends to play all the dumb games that I created. Uh, They hated it. And I would force them to sit on my grandfather's stairs and sit there and play these games that I had created from cards. So it started way, way back then. And then all of a sudden, you know, 30 years later, it's here again. And I'm like, you know, now I have all this experience with playing games and loving different, you know, loving D&D and loving Magic the Gathering. So putting those two things together uh, is really what became the evolution of this game. Can you show me some of the cards and parts and talk about what uh, went into creating both the materials as well as brainstorming this entire idea? You know, it's really funny because the brainstorming part of it really didn't take that long. I, I literally sat for about an hour and a half with the pad and paper. And, I, and just recently I found the pad and the paper that I sketched that down on. And it's essentially the same as it was when I first conceived it. 
So there's been a few changes here and there, some things that were added to it, uh, some things that were taken away because they were a little bit too complicated, but it's essentially the same. So we have our killer cards here. Uh, this is for our base game. We actually have four expansions now, but this is for the base game. This is a Ted Bundy card. Uh, so there are 25 killers in the base game. Richard Ramirez is in there. And all of the cards have, whoop, have little bios on the back. So it kind of gives you an idea of who they are. Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer is in there. And then there are a few that are not killers or, or well, not, not killers, but uh, not your traditional serial killer. Uh, Janine Jones is in our original base set. Uh, Albert Anastasia is in there. He's a gangster. So a killer, but not a serial killer necessarily. We actually named the game Killers because I wanted to be able to expand it into organized crime, uh, into lady killers, into cults, which are not your classic serial killer. But then we got Lucky Luciano. And then, so as far as the victims are concerned, we didn't want to, we wanted to stay away from using the actual victims. Uh, there was some debate online as to whether it was disrespectful or not to not use them. Ultimately, the game is about the killers and it's about the historical significance of those killers. And ultimately, I conceived it because I wanted people to understand that these people are around us all the time, that it is not just, you know, a few people here and there throughout history. These people are here right now. We encounter them on a daily basis. We may walk past somebody who is a killer. You know, you don't know. I don't know. You know, we don't know the, what is going on in the mind of other people and the psychology that they are struggling with. So I think it's fascinating. So really, that was a big reason why I created it is because I wanted to be able to dig into that psychology. It's why I made it an RPG, because I wanted people to be able to get into that psychology a little bit and get to know these killers and get to play as them and to figure that out. I thought that was really important for people to take time in a safe place to be able to get into that so that they could see what it's like, because I think that's important in protecting ourselves. So the victims themselves, we've got uh, some stock photos for the victims. We have six different types of victims. We've got men, we've got women. Some of them can fight back, which is kind of cool. Uh, we've got gangsters because we have gangsters in the game. Uh, we've got ladies of the night, which is another thing I caught flack about because somebody said it was a disrespectful term for a sex worker. I honestly thought that it was the most respectful term for a sex worker personally. I always thought it was kind of a uh, like a fanciful way to say that. So I used it. Uh, we've got some children because even though everybody uh, kind of cringes at that, there are plenty of killers that kill children. And if you're going to talk about killers, you can't get away from that. It's just a reality. It's a part of life. Uh, and then we got old people, uh, mainly because Richard Ramirez loved to fuck old people. So uh, we made sure that we put that in there. And this old lady can beat the shit out of you with that cane, which is great. <laughs> uh, then in the game, we have scenario cards. This one here is called two for one special. Uh, so they brought along a friend and you got two for the price of one. So uh, another one of my favorite cards is called the murder castle. 
course, H.H. H. Holmes's place. You can trap other killers in the murder castle. They can't do anything. Uh, they're stuck there. They either get out, die, or stay there trying to get out. One of the three. Uh, we've got an inept police card. So if somebody, if the police are coming to arrest your killer, uh, they're not so good. You know, that happens quite a bit in real life. So we've got drive-by shooting card. Uh, so one of your killers could die in a drive-by shooting. And I probably should have said this before, but the basis of the game is you get a stable of five killers. The goal is to get 10 kills or be the last killer standing. So that's the whole premise of the game. You were trying to abduct and kill victims uh, while you're trying to fuck over the other players and not let them win the game. Uh, let's see. You can interrupt other people's kills, which is always fun. Uh, and then there are weapon cards in the game. They are not in the base game. They're in the expansions. But uh, you could have some chloroform, which is really nice. Uh, it says nighty night on it. Uh, you can have a blackjack and smack somebody in the back of the head with that. One of my personal favorite weapons is the ball gag. Uh, make sure that nobody can hear what you're doing. Uh, you got some handcuffs. This is the Gacy special. Uh, you know, let me show you a little trick. Uh, and then you have some bleach, which will clean up some blood evidence that you have. There's a ton of other weapons and scenario cards in the different expansions. You know, currently we're over 400 cards, 300 of those being killers. Uh, we've got plans for at least 908 expansions currently. Uh, currently, four of them are released. We have uh, uh, Organized Crime, World of Serial Killers, Lady Killers, and then we just released our Colts expansion. So, so, so is this like, do you like roll dice and do you have a board or is it just like straight up like magic where you put the cards down and then you draw cards and... So you do have you do have dice for this game. There isn't really a board. You just have the cards. Your five killers are out on the table. There is a victim pile where you draw all of your cards out of. But when you are going to abduct and kill your victims, you're drawing you're rolling dice for that. So each one of the killer cards are unique. They all have different uh, specialties. Uh, they also have four numbers at the bottom of the cards. So like, for example, Ed Kemper uh, clearly killed women, right? So, uh, you know, his specialty is women. So he gets a plus one for all of his dice rolls against women. So the other four numbers are charisma, brutality, intelligence, and elusiveness. And that all depends on uh, what's going on in the game. Uh, just like D&D, those are your dice roll modifiers. Um, for example, Ed Kemper again, not very elusive, even though super smart guy also turned himself in twice. And, uh, you know, the cops didn't believe him the first time because he was friends with all of them. You know, so we tried to keep the essence of each killer in the game. So those numbers reflect who they were in real life. When it does come to like this, this game, you know, and then victims and, you know, the controversy and all that, I'm sure that you know, you've, you've probably got a lot of negative and both positive reactions online. How do you usually handle, you know, when people say this is like a negative thing towards victims, families or anything like that? So there, there's a couple different things. Uh, and it's funny, I, I really expected to get a lot more negative feedback. 
and we've gotten relatively little. So we've had maybe a handful of people, maybe 10 or 12 people that really were upset and didn't like the idea. You know, I go to conventions all the time and I'm out there in front of people all the time with a booth that has Ed Kemper and John Gotti and Dorothea Puente all behind me, right? And at the conventions, I have never had anybody come up and say anything. That could be because I'm usually wearing a skin hat and they tend to stay away from me because of that. Uh, maybe that's it. I don't know. That's what uh, my buddy says. But online, of course, you got all the keyboard warriors that uh, do lots and lots of virtue signaling. I'm sure you get it. You're getting ready to put out a book on, you know, killer artifacts and stuff and all the letters. And, you know, people really get up in arms about that. But it really has little to do with the victims. These are historical people, right? They did things in history. Uh, they are there. People are ingesting the content like there's no tomorrow. So for people to be upset at me because I made a game, they would have to shut down every podcast like yours, you know, every documentary, every book that comes out. It, it's just, it's ridiculous to think that it has anything to do with that. I don't feature the victims on purpose because I believe it's respectful to do that. But I can't deny that these people lived in history. They did horrible things in history. They were all pieces of shit for one reason or another, but they need to be recognized for that. That doesn't mean that you glorify them, but you need to recognize that these people lived, they existed, they did things, and there is a way to figure that out faster. And I think that when we make the mistake of sweeping everything under the rug and not acknowledging it, we not only put ourselves at risk, but we also now don't have the people that are interested in it that want to, you know, bring it to the next level, to create the, the new technology to catch these people, to take the time to study all of the cold cases so they find out who did this. If people aren't interested in it and we just all turn a blind eye to the fact that this shit is happening every single day, then we lose that. And then we run the risk of becoming victims all over again. You know, so anyway, that's usually uh, the stance I take. Uh, they also, one of the other questions I get a lot of times is, you know, that it's, that it's really terrible, but it, you know, it's not any worse than going and playing, uh, you know, Call of Duty, right? People will be like, well, there's no other games like this. Well, you're right. There's not any other games where people are willing to go as far as me. But if you're playing Call of Duty or you're playing Access and Allies, right? The themes are the same. <laughs> you're going and killing other people. Those were real events. Real people died in those wars. It's not any different than this card game. I just put a face and a name on it and am not ashamed of saying this is the real shit, right? Uh, playing Call of Duty is far, far more immersive than the card game that I created. Yet we let our kids play it 24 hours a day. They're online all the time, shooting each other and everything. And then we wonder why there's more issues in our society, right? So it's just, it, it, it's funny that people get offended at what I'm doing. It, it, it's interesting to me. I have an Etsy page too. I, I do t-shirts, right? And I had somebody just today for the very, very first time, I haven't had any issues on my Etsy page 
Lots of people love it. Lots of people like the shirts. Lots of people buy them. But today I had a lady contact me and felt the need to tell me that she needed to pray for me and that what I was doing was horrible and I didn't think about the victims and that um, that all the people that bought my stuff were terrible people and they needed help. And I responded to her because I respond to everything. And so I sent her a message back and I said, thank you. I appreciate that you're praying for me. But what I want you to know is uh, the shirt that you were talking about was a Timothy McVeigh shirt. Uh, it is in my famous last words collection. So it has the last words that he spoke before they executed it. So I mentioned to her, like, you're talking about the 19 people that died in the bombing that he did. But this shirt has nothing to do with that. The shirt itself is talking about his death and his execution and memorializing that. Uh, the fact that this guy was caught and was killed for his crimes. So like, there's plenty of other shirts that she could have picked uh, that would have been far more incriminating, but that was not the one. So I responded to her and I told her that and she came back and she said, you know, well, you know, you can't control what people are going to wear that and how they're going to present themselves. Well, the truth in that is you can't control anything that anybody does. You know, somebody could go buy a shirt that has, you know, what would Jesus do on it and go and massacre a whole bunch of people. You can't control that. Uh, so, you know, they were like, well, what would the, what would the victims think if they saw that? You know what I think? I think that, or at least I would hope that they would realize that that son of a bitch is dead. And thank God somebody caught him, right? Because that's the intended purpose of that shirt. I also have one for Gacy that says, kiss my ass on it. His famous last words, whether it was or not is up for debate, but most people believe that was his famous last words. You know, I've got Eileen Warnos's famous last words. All these people were executed. Uh, you know, that's what the shirt's about. So, but people can take things however they want to take them. Uh, I always try to take the high road and I don't really argue with people, but I just give them facts. Like, this is it. This is what it is. This is history. It's dark history. It may be distasteful history to you, but that doesn't change the fact that it's history. You know, if you go back and you look at Abraham Lincoln, everybody's favorite president, including mine, when I was a kid, I grew up, I loved Abraham Lincoln. The guy started one of the bloodiest wars in American history. But we don't talk about that, right? We talk about he had the Emancipation Proclamation, right? He stood there and he freed the slaves. But to do that, he killed a hell of a lot of people. So, you know, you, we choose which kind of history we want to look at and what kind of history we want to ingest. Uh, but none of that is true because everybody writes their own history. So everybody has the choice to enjoy it or not. If you don't like it, don't buy it. I'm not forcing anybody. Yeah. And, and on that same note, a lot of people in the true crime community, you know, I, I guess to say people outside looking in tend to overuse the word glamorizing or romanticization, you know, and, you know, you're, you're glamorizing this and that, whether it's, you know, selling murderabilia or interviewing prisoners or making games, you know, like this, people tend to say, you know, you're glamorizing this or you, whether it's, you know, idolize them or, you know, you, do you want to be a serial killer yourself? I, I, I've i heard that the past, I don't know, 12 or 13 years. And 
then people actually look at your work and then they might be like, okay, but a lot of people are closed minded and don't want to actually take the time to see it for what it is, not what, you know, what it looks like, you know, like the, you know, being distasteful. Of course you see something distasteful, like that's going to be bad. Like, you know, like you said, you know, uh, like you can go and get a, a gun, you know, and it massacre somebody, or you can go and get a gun and put it in your safe and never use it and have it for protection. You know, it just depends on, you know, what, what you want to do and, you know, what is, is on your mind, I guess, then same with a lot of people with opinions and, and all that and whatnot. So you asked me a question earlier and I don't think I answered it fully. So uh, I'm going to, circle back around and try to attempt to do that. You know, I talked about my son and his role in creating this game, but really what started me was long, long before that growing up, uh, I grew up in the midst of a lot of true crime, right? Uh, I grew up right outside of Philadelphia. Uh, my dad uh, met Manson in the early sixties. And so I grew up with a lot of stories or at least one story, but we called him cousin Charlie in my house. And that's just how I grew up. Uh, but my dad, when he met Manson, he actually met a couple of the girls in a park and they asked him to go to a party. And he said, he, he asked, he said, he said, yeah, I'd love to go to the party. You got some drugs. And the girls were like, hell yeah, we got plenty, but we got to ask Jesus first. So at that point, Manson comes walking out of the hotel and with his guitar and sits down on a bench and the girls take my dad up to up to the bench and they talk to Manson. My man, my dad says a few words and ultimately Manson looks at him and says, not that guy. Immediately the girls would not talk to my dad anymore. My dad is six, two at the time he was about two twenty. Uh, Manson's all of five, two and 140 pounds. And so he was not interested in this big, uh, intimidating guy coming to his party. So what my dad decided was he got with his buddy, and he said, you know what? We're going to go to that party tonight. We know it's in that hotel. We're going to go and rob Manson of his drugs. So they went that night to go to the party and they went into the hotel and were like listening at the doors and everything, but never could find the party. So it's funny, you know, we talk about, you know, how things could change depending on influences that happen. And, you know, would that have stopped the murders? Would Manson get an ass whooping in a hotel uh, stop him from would it have accelerated it? You know, I don't know. I don't know what would have happened if that would have played itself out. But that is part of my own personal history. You know, my uh, my dad was also friends with Angelo Bruno, which is why I loved growing up with the mafia and actually had a sit down about three weeks before they blew Angelo Bruno's brains out. Um, we know now that it was probably Gotti that did that because he wanted to get control of Atlantic City. But I grew up around that half of my family owned uh, restaurants at Royal Fronts for the Mob in the 70s. So growing up, I loved true crime. I loved organized crime. I loved the mafia. So for me, it was an easy, easy fit to fall into this world of true crime. And then I had my own experiences growing up. You know, I really struggled with a lot of abuse and a lot of issues. And, uh, you know, they talk about the McDonald triad and things like that, that used to be the old gold standard, you know, that's a, you know, they're going to be a serial killer if they fit all three of those. Well, I fit all three of those. 
And what we find out now, years later, is it's really a predictor of violent behavior. And so I definitely was violent. So I had lots of violent behavior as a kid. You know, as an adult, I fought professionally in mixed martial arts. So like I learned how to channel some of that, but I struggled for a long time uh, with lots of things rolling around in my head. So it's fascinating to me. And now not only do I have the card game, I also go out and talk about serial killer psychology uh, from a much, much more personal standpoint uh, than most people do. Most people come at it from uh, an educational standpoint. You know, they've gone and taken the psychology courses and they've read about it and they've gotten their degree. Uh, but I come from, you know, I was around it. My mom uh, <laughs> hopefully will not watch this. That'd be great. Uh, but, uh, you know, she did a lot of stuff and, uh, you know, we don't know, uh, if she killed anybody or not. I don't know. Uh, it's always been a question to me. Uh, my dad certainly did. So, you know, he was also in a mental institution when he was younger. So like, I have a long history of mental illness in my family and, being the one that has come out of it the best uh, has been fascinating to me and really been helpful in my own understanding of killers and why they do what they do and how you can get obsessed over one thing and fall into that lifestyle. And, you know, Ted Bundy is a good example of that. You know, he felt godlike. That's why he kept doing it. You know, he felt like God when he was doing that. And, you know, I understand how that can be. I, I fought for a long time. When you beat the shit out of somebody and look at them laying there helpless in front of you, it is godlike. Uh, it's hard to not want to do that all the time. So, you know, I tend to have a different perspective than a lot of other people do. <laughs> hmm. um, so where can people find the game and uh, purchase it online? Uh, the game is available at our website. Uh, it is killerstcg.square.site. Uh, or easier than that, you can go to linktree backslash killerstcg, and you will find all of our links there. Our Etsy is there. Our, you know, all of our social media is there. The website is there. And so, so, and you can get like all the expansion packs and everything like that. Now everything's out and... And what you're, yeah. you're rolling out new stuff in the near future, then it sounds like. Absolutely. We've got all kinds of new stuff coming out. Uh, we just released, we were up in uh, at Gen Con, which is a big gaming convention in Indianapolis. Uh, actually the biggest one in the United States. Uh, there was about 50,000 people there this year and we de debuted killers, the card game there. Uh, this is something that nobody on social media knows yet. Uh, but there is a probability that we got a distributor for it. Uh, but we may have to do a killer's light version uh, and adjust a few things for mass market publication, which is fine by me because then I can drive killers a card game underground and I can say, hey, you bought that game, you love it, uh, you want to get the real shit, get the crack that I have down here. So, you know, we can, we can make it happen however we need to. But uh, one of the things that we just released at Gen Con, which is really cool, is a police upgrade to the game. So, <laughs> so it was always that the police were an NPC character, a non-playable character in the game. 
where it was just kind of like the banker and monopoly. Somebody just kind of managed it. Now the police can have their own deck of cards. Uh, the police also have a dirty cop meter. So if they should decide to take any bribes or use police brutality or plant evidence on killers or, you know, racial profile, their dirty cop meter will fill up. Well, once it gets to a four, the killers have the opportunity to get a card in the game that will allow them to turn state's evidence and get the cop put in jail. So all kinds of way to, ways to play the game. Uh, but we tried to keep it as true to life as possible, right? So we wanted the cops to be able to give a new element and to be able to, some of the people that were like, you know, well, I just can't play a killer all the time because it makes me feel weird, you know, abducting and killing people. Okay, but you watch 43 documentaries a week. Like, we're already fucking weird. Just embrace it and have fun with it. But they're like, oh, but what if we got to play the police? And for a while, I couldn't figure out how to make that happen. And uh, the girl who runs the Indie Game Alliance, which is uh, one of the associations I'm with, uh, came up with an idea while we were at, uh, at Origins this year. And I said, uh, I said, you know what, that's a damn good idea. And within about an hour, I had uh, figured out how I was going to make that work for the game. And it is fantastic. Now people have the option if they just want to be cops and they want to go after the killers, do that. Uh, if you want to play a killer and have fun with that, do that. There's all kinds of ways to live life. You know, be a good cop, be a dirty cop, be a good killer maybe or, or a bad killer one of the two <laughs> um so before we get out of here is there anything that you'd like to talk about that we haven't covered yet uh i don't know about anything that we haven't covered i well there is one thing so we have a second game and we have a third game that's getting ready to come out uh well the third game is going to be longer than i anticipated but uh, the hope was to get it out in October. Uh, and I have had so many conventions and I've had uh, so many other things come out like the police upgrade and stuff like that. And we released a third expansion for our second game. So the second game is called Speed Kills. And it is basically a cross between Disney villainous and exploding kittens, but with serial killers. Uh, so, you know, you, you have your killer that has three win conditions. You have to make that happen by drawing through the deck. And if you happen to get a police officer, uh, there are four of them in the base game. If you get one of them, you may or may not be able to escape. But if you get the shootout with the fuzz card, that's our exploding kitten. The cops kick in your door. They start shooting. You're dead. The game's over for you. Uh, so that game came about because of the response to Killers, a card game. There were two responses to it. Some people said it was a little bit complicated and it took a long time to play because it's an RPG. It's anywhere between 45 minutes and four to five hours. Uh, so I wanted to find a game that could be less than 30 minutes. And then the other thing that people said is, I don't know anybody else that's going to play this with me. I love it, but I'm the only one in my family that likes true crime. And my usual response to that is get some better friends. But if that doesn't work and you still have to deal with the people at home, uh, we decided to make a game that plays solo. So you can play speed kills with one 
up to four people. So, you know, we made it really accessible, one to four people, less than 30 minutes a game. And then we unlocked two expansions while we were on Kickstarter. We unlocked the Here Comes a Popo expansion, where you could play as the police uh, hunting the serial killers. And then we unlocked an expansion. And this is the one that'll probably get me in trouble at some point. Uh, but it's called Gather the Flock. So in that expansion, you can play as one of 11 religions. The goal is to gather your flock before somebody draws the Armageddon card. So once they draw the Armageddon card, it is the largest religion that wins. And so we have like Scientology is in there. Uh, Anton LaVey is in there for Satanism. We've got Aleister Crowley in there for occultism. We've got the Mormons. We've got Jehovah's Witnesses. We've got David Koresh is in there. We've got the Catholics and Islam. And so there, <laughs> there are a bunch of fuck you cards for each and every religion. Because if you're going to bash everybody, you got to do it equally at least. So for the Catholics, it's called All Those Altar Boys, uh, which is hilarious. Uh, and then for the, uh, for the Satanists, it's called Jesus Appears. And when Jesus appears, uh, the Satanists lose half of their flock and they all go to the Catholics. So, you know, we tried to put some elements in there that are humorous, uh, that allow people to uh, have a good time with their fucked up experience, uh, especially when we're talking about another hot button topic in religion. Uh, and then the last expansion that we created was called, is called the Haunters expansion. Uh, so I started doing a bunch of things with haunted houses. And so we wanted to create something for the haunted houses to have that would be really fun for them. So they have 10 actual haunters, like haunt actors in the game that they can play. And their goal is to get as many scares as possible before the season ends, which is when Santa shows up. And uh, you can also kill Santa with Krampus and extend the game for five turns. But whoever has the most scares at the end wins. Uh, but you also get bonus points for making people piss their pants, which is uh, a lot of fun. So, uh, so yeah, we have all that going on. And then the only other thing, and I mentioned it briefly, is a lot of the conventions I'm at, uh, I'll be at Silcon, which is uh, Central Illinois uh, Horror Convention, September 9th and 10th. I'm actually speaking there twice. It's in Mattoon, Illinois, and I'm speaking there on serial killer psychology and then I'm also doing a roundtable on the game. And uh, for all of you listening, I am terrified of doing that roundtable because people are going to ask me some of the same questions that Andrew asked me today. And they're going to get to see my face when I'm like, uh, go fuck yourself. And that's going to be a difficult thing for me. So being in front of people, it's easy when you're on the keyboard and you can smile while you're typing things. But when you're telling somebody you think they're an idiot, uh, you know, it's much, much harder. <laughs> so uh, I'm a little nervous about that one, but it should be fun. Uh, you know, I'm really not that much of an asshole, but, uh, and then I'm also going to be at Scarefest and we're doing a special thing at Scarefest that is in October, October 21st through the 24th, I think in Lexington, uh, Scarefest for all of you that don't know, is the largest horror convention in the country, or at least it was last year. Uh, they had like 30,000 people there. It was unreal. Uh, I missed it last year, uh, but I will be there this year. I'm speaking on serial killer psychology. I'll have my booth with Killers of Card Game, and 
we're going to run a killer's live game there, which has never been done before. This is going to be our, our test run, uh, like America testing all of our subjects. Uh, but anyway, we're going to do killers live and, uh, there are going to be killers. They're going to be villagers and there's going to be police. So everybody will get their own lanyard. They'll have a unique lanyard. Uh, they'll also get a little pin, uh, that says, you know, kill, welcome to Killsville. Uh, they'll have their pin, but the killer's goal obviously is to kill the villagers and the police. If they can do it, uh, they'll get bonus points for killing the police. Uh, I don't know what that says about me, but uh, the villagers, on the other hand, will get points for surviving uh, as well as helping to arrest the killers. So they'll be able to do a citizen's arrest with a couple other villagers, or they can grab a cop and do a police arrest. The police obviously will get points for arresting. And then at the end of the day, whoever has the most points in the three categories will get some prizes. Whoever has the most points cumulative over the weekend We'll get an additional prize so uh so it should be a lot of fun we got to have some parameters around it we don't want anybody whooping everybody's ass in the parking lot or dragging people out of line when they're trying to get autographs you know we don't want to do any of that uh we'll have to you know you can't camp outside the bathroom and wait for somebody to walk out and then like kill them right there uh but we're gonna allow people if they uh if they want bonus points they can film that shit live on Facebook or Instagram and tag Scarefest and tag Killers Live and we'll give them bonus points for the arrest because that'll be fun as shit. Uh, grabbing the killers and uh, putting them face down on the ground. Just don't mess up anybody's clothing uh, and we'll be good. 